I'm really trying to stray away from saying, are you ready? Because that's like, for me, the cringiest part of the podcast. Is the beginning? Yeah. <laughs> are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, we are like ready. <laughs> no, I mean, I like it, but. Well, it's I'm... like, you. it's more like not, are you ready to podcast? It's more like. Are you ready to like, rumble? Is, is everything ready? Like, is the recording going? Oh. You know, that's how I take it. Is everything ready? Are we good now? Oh, yeah. I we're don't good. know. I just no, don't no, know. No, yeah, we're good. See, now, if you don't say it, now it's, we don't know. What's up, guys? Welcome to season four, episode 18 of Drinking Inside the Bach. What? <laughs> Drinking Inside the Bach? <laughs> I mean, that would have actually been funnier because, like, Bach is a type laugh. of alcohol. And, I like, can't laugh. I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. <laughs> we got our blooper like right away, huh? <laughs> What's up guys? Look <laughs> I even had one some alcohol. I can't even eat my fucking cookie. Oh no. I'll eat it for you. <laughs> <laughs> no. I wanna trade for the stress ball. <laughs> What's up guys? Welcome to season no. <laughs> What do I say? Yeah, you were right on track. Oh, that's it? Oh, welcome to drinking. Wait. No. What? (laughs) (laughs) What's up, guys? Welcome to season four, episode 18 of Drinking Inside the Box World Cup Edition. Woo, woo, woo. My name is Kelly, and with me is Gordon. What's up, guys? I feel like there should have been like uh, when you said like World Cup edition. It should have been like. I guess I could do that in post. So if you're hearing a noise right now, that means I had enough time to do it. And if you don't, that means I was lazy this week and I didn't find anything. Um, but no, welcome everybody. <laughs> I just blacked out with what you're saying. It's been you can uh, do noises. I mean, I can find them and put them in there. There you go. <laughs> I gotta just clip that one up. But no, what the? I mean, we've had a couple of great, great days of saga. <laughs> We're not even. None of us have even opened a drink no, yet, and we can't even do this. I get it. We have a great a couple, <laughs> couple great days of saga. Right? I'm gonna throw up. No, I'm gonna, Sorry, I'm gonna open this. I so keep that saying we that. At least have a. Yeah, I'm gonna actually open. take a sip of my drink. I'm literally crying. What? There's the noise. <laughs> One hour later. <laughs> I don't know what that was. It just popped up on the screen. I'm so sorry. Everyone's like, oh, they have took shots before the podcast. Okay, what What's the fuck's going, going on? What's going on? Oh, my gosh. Did we do the intro yet? <laughs> we did the intro like an hour ago, I think. Okay, here we go. We're going to go right into happenings, everybody. First thing that we have to talk about today I feel like you're not speaking proper English. I might not be. Okay, it's I'm been ready. a week. <sighs> Taking a deep breath. I don't know what just happened. Here we go. We're going to do it to it. Oh, sorry, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for staying with us. Uh, if you've turned the podcast off, you won't hear this part, but it's good. Uh, <laughs> the German players, you may have noticed the German players covering their mouths in protest against. And I, first of all, let's start it off like this. because <laughs> I don't even know. To be honest, I have no idea where I am right now. <laughs> I want to. I want to apologize because the last time we podcasted, it was only like day three of the World Cup, so we have like a lot to catch up on because there have already been several teams eliminated from the tournament. Um, so in the Germany versus Japan game, where Japan ended up beating Germany two one, this is a while ago. So refresh your memories. 
You may have noticed the German players covering their mouths in protest against FIFA clampdown on the free speech in the One Love, one love Armband Row. And yes, that is basically the headline and what it is about. The German national team, while they lined up to take their photo, they all put their hands on their mouth, basically like, we're not allowed to speak in protest. Yeah, I you don't get to see our mouths. Pretty cool. The only terrible thing was when they lost, all the Japanese fans were doing that on Instagram. <laughs> There's there's one thing about this World Cup is that people are ruthless. Yeah. Death threats, mocking on the gram. Yep. It's yeah. a mess. They, um, I was really kind of happy to see the German team supporting this movement. And Germany and you and I have talked about this so many times because we love Germany. We have a soft spot for Germany. But the German fans are really great with protesting. I don't know if you saw before, you know, obviously we don't cover the Bundesliga, but before... The World Cup, the week before, every single stadium had the um, boycott Qatar banners. Like, they went all out. So, like, the German people are people who definitely take stuff like this seriously. And um, it didn't come as a surprise to me that the, that the club or the, the, the team wanted to do that. Yeah, big support in that. I have Germany going all the way, and this just makes me proud that I did that. Yeah, one of the uh, England fan and CNN insider... Said Germany and German fans should be very proud. I'm an England fan, and I didn't like seeing England not wearing the armband. I would have loved to see Harry Kane wear it and get the booking. I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. Hats off to them. Yeah. Amen. They're not scared. And a handful of Germany's starting 11, including Manuel Neuer, the goalie, Thomas Mueller, one of their big guys, and then Ikla Gundogan, who we absolutely love in this podcast, (laughs) wore rainbow flags on their boots. I love it. Yep. I love it. I'm trying not to be as crazy as I was last week. Okay. Oh, oh, about aggressive. This. Yeah, okay. I feel like no, and I'm not apologizing for being passionate about something, but it does make I feel like I I'm in better spirits seeing these so many teams still well, trying to support it and boycotting it. Yeah, and that's the one thing is like it's so hard for a sports fan. <laughs> I mean, even talking to some people that never care about soccer really until right. now. It's hard for them not to get excited, especially when the action's been as good as it's been on the field in terms of, like, how close games have been or the sure. shocks. I mean, like, really struggled with the fact that, yeah, while, like, the stuff on the field is great, we still have a really big problem with the whole event. It's been really difficult for me, and I know we've, ta- we've touched on this so much, but um, just trying to, I don't know, express myself with it. Yeah. I don't want to get overly excited, but there is a there was a quote um, with um, one of the articles I've read about it. Oh, you know what it was? It was in that John Oliver piece. Mm. And he was just like, they watched what happened in Russia. And there was all that controversy with Russia in 2018. But as soon as the game started, everyone forgot about it. Right. And that's all Qatar needed was as long as that's the first whistle blows. At the Ecuador, Qatar, it all be they they survived, and that's very much it. Because we've seen so much. Like, why do we want to stop it now? Like, it's so selfish. But yeah, no, I I never thought the World Cup was going to be stopped. I just think it's. I almost want FIFA to admit that they fucked up. Yeah, and they won't. Well, the guy that was fired admitted they fucked up. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to hear from that guy. He was fired. Probably because he wanted to admit they fucked up. Yeah, definitely. Fuck you, FIFA. 
All right, so next happenings is I got a lot of questions. I've got, like I said, a lot of people who don't really pay attention to soccer really get into it, and I'm usually the go-to guy because they know. Yeah, if you're wondering, everybody wants to put Gordon in a group message. I didn't say it like that. But yes, yes I'm in a lot of group messages. No, anyway, he's appreciative of the group messages. I am. Thank you, everybody. But I had a lot of questions like, what is, what are the tiebreakers Yeah. For, for the groups? And I started getting, I went really far and deep into it thinking that, oh, this would just be funny. But it actually happened today. So we're podcasting on Wednesday. So if you watch the group C outcome, at one point, Mexico and Poland were going to be decided on who had more yellow cards. Yeah. Which is insane. So this is for everyone that's that's going to listen to this on Friday. Um, Should, I mean. Shouldn't that be something that's decided going into the tournament? It is. Oh, okay. It I is, thought it, it was is. like a. It just they were uh, tied on so many things. Let's pull out of a hat. Yes. So yellow card. It, oh, so it's probably <clears throat> like, like a, okay, we're going to do it on this. But if they have the same, then it's going to be this. Yep. And then it's going to be this. And then it's going to be this. Yep. Yep. So the first is points, obviously. So if you have more right. points, you obviously go through. The second is goal difference, right? Which is the same. That's thing. where that's where my mentality stopped. Mm-hmm. Yep. Next is goals for. So if you've scored more goals than the other team, oh, I got you. So like, if Mexico had scored three goals in the tournament and Poland had scored two, then Mexico would have went in. Then it's head to head. And then it's yellow or disciplinary. What does head-to-head mean? So what was the – who won the game between them? Got it. Or what was the score between them? Oh, got it. Then it's who scored more goals – or no, no, excuse me. Sorry, I've already said that one. Then it's disciplinary record, which is reds and yellows. Sure. And then I think it's like negative one point for every yellow and then negative four, three points for every red. Anyways, after that, it's a coin flip. Could you like imagine like going up against a team that has no yellows and like your team has one and it's your yellow card and yeah. that's how you don't advance? Yep. Which we saw last. I was like, oh, has that ever happened after watching today? Yeah. I'm like, oh, this would be fun for the podcast. It happened last World Cup. Did it? Japan got through because they had a better disciplinary record than Senegal. Why do I feel like I kind of remember I, that? As soon as I read it, I remembered it. Yeah. Like, I feel like I remember <clears throat> there was, like, a little controversy to how they mm-hmm. got through. It was very, like, wow, that's... I mean, yeah, because if you think about it, if you're a team that scores, like, one goal a game and then you're going up against a team and you tie with them and you score the same amount of goals, like, how else do you decide? Right. Yeah, so the crazy thing that happened today was Poland had a plus two goal difference. Mexico had a minus two goal difference, but they had tied each other 0-0. Poland nice. had obviously, like I said, scored two goals. Yeah. They beat Saudi Arabia 2 nothing. And going into the game, Argentina went up 2 nothing. So Poland's goal difference went down to zero. Yeah. Mexico was up 2 nothing against Saudi Arabia, so their goal difference was 0. Yeah. They had tied each other 0-0. They had both scored – or sorry, their goal difference was 0. They both scored two goals in the tournament. Right. And their head-to-head was tied. So it came down to yellows, and at one point, Poland had three more – or three less yellow cards. Right. And then – oh, excuse me. And then Mexico – or then Poland got another yellow, and there was two yellows. And then that game ended – Saudi Arabia scored. Here's the crazy thing. The goal difference for Mexico went back down to negative one. Okay. 
But had they scored again, so if it was 3-1, they would have went through because they would have been tied on goal difference again. This is I was like, oh, wait, yeah. Because right. I thought, oh, if Saudi Arabia scored, now it's over because um, they need two goals. But they really <laughs> right. only needed one again. So had they scored, they would have been back to zero goal difference, tied with Poland. They would have tied Poland 0-0. But they would have scored three goals in the tournament to Poland's two. So instead of going to yellow cards, they would have been back to goals scored. So you all got that? Yeah, crazy, right? Like, that's wild. It was wild. And that's why Landon Donovan told himself to shut up because he was trying to figure it out. It took a lot to break down. And that's why I was like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder if that's ever happened. Very interesting. And it has happened. All right. Next one is... Now, this one already doesn't make any sense anymore because the U.S. had beaten Iran and knocked them out of the World Cup. But prior to that game, Iran had called for the U.S. to be kicked out of the 2022 World Cup after... It changed the Iranian flag on their social media to show support for the protesters currently um, battling for women's rights in their country. Um, so I don't know if you caught this, but very quickly it was taken down. The official Twitter account of the U.S. men's national team posted a, it was just simply a chart or the table for Group B. And it had the Iranian flag without the, the logo or the symbol, the Islamic Republic's emblem on the center of the the, the, the um, flag, which a lot of protesters, yeah. I guess, are using um, for protesting. Right. And very quickly, they, they took it down and changed it and put it back up with the emblem in there. Um, it basically said, like, uh, we didn't really mean to do anything like that. But the Iranian government was like, they should be kicked out of... Of the game. A.K. whoever was running that Twitter account is probably no runner, no longer running it. I love it. Yeah. I support it. I don't know. I follow. I kind of follow that. Um, what's going on mm-hmm. uh, with the women in that country, and it's it's pretty brutal. So brutal. I love that that happened. Yeah, it says by uh, posting a distorted image of the flag of the Islamic Republic of hashtag Iran on its official account, the hashtag U.S. football team breached the at FIFA.com charter for which a ten game suspension is appropriate penalty. Iranian state-aligned uh, tennis news agency wrote on Twitter on Sunday, Team Hashtag USA should be kicked out of the World Cup. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, I think FIFA didn't officially respond, but I think what FIFA said is, kick them out yourself. Beat right, them. right. Beat them yeah. a time. Kick them out you yourself. You have the opportunity to actually yes. kick them out. Yep, it was the one team that stood in the U.S.'s way. And you did it. And they did not. However... Not something that anybody has talked about. Well, not that I've seen. I'll, I'll rephrase that because there, there might be somebody. But the Iranian national team, for the first time, sang the national anthem, which makes me believe somebody from the government was like, you guys need to cut your shit out because now people are like the U.S. men's national team showed solidarity with the protesters. You guys have been making mockery of this country. Sing your fucking anthem. Yeah. And they did not look happy about singing it. I, that was one thing that I, I looked at they and I was like. They were 100% forced. It looked like somebody had made them do it. Like uh-huh. you were making our country look like fools on the national 100%, stage. 100%. Yep. So that was sad to see because, like I said, it didn't look like they were a, a willing party for singing their national anthem. Oh, man. I feel like. Oh, I'm probably getting a lot of scrutiny for this. <laughs> but when things like this comes up, it, it makes me thankful I live in the country I live in. Yeah. No, it does. It does. It's, uh, you know, we're not perfect. No, but we by are, any means we're not. 
we are afforded a lot of um, liberties that I think sometimes we take for granted. Yeah, you know? 100%. 100p. Um, all right, so on to some happier stuff. The last happenings. Um, I was so surprised, and this is so sad because I love these guys so much, but, and we talk about week in and week out, and it's weird that you don't know, because it's like, oh, where they're born is sometimes not often where the countries they play in, for instance. Right. But the first, uh, or the, sorry, the second, because the first uh, Argentinian game was at 4 a.m., and I was too tired to notice. But the second Argentinian game, I saw McAllister on the back of a jersey, and I'm like, that is a weird name for an Argentinian person to have is McAllister. And it's our McAllister <laughs> on Brighton. And I'm like, wow, how did I not know that yeah, he played for I had Argentinian no idea. national team? Well, because only one person plays for Argentinian <laughs> national team. His name's Lionel Messi. Yeah, well, maybe that's it. It just kind of swept under the <laughs> Until radar. Until right now, I couldn't. I probably could not name any other players besides Ar- or besides Arsenal. Sorry, I just saw Arsenal on the screen. No, but and then uh, what made then uh, that kind of was one thing that I was just like, oh, that's kind of interesting and just kind of moved on. But then Southampton posted on their Twitter that Southampton is the only player or the only club in the Premier League to have 100% of their representative players at the World Cup score a goal. And I was like, that's pretty cool. And I looked and it's there's only one player, <laughs> which is hilarious. I mean, still 100% though. He could have not scored a goal. Right. And I was like, I wonder who it is. And then I was like, oh, it's Bel Kopchat for Germany. And I was like, how did I not know that? So right. I found, and some of you are probably, I know there's some of you going like, yeah, we don't care about this, but I thought... I it happened like three times this week, so I figured it might be interesting for everyone else. <laughs> no, I love it. So uh, I've got at Arsenal going off a book war because that's what they love to do. But uh, <coughs> nine plays at Arsenal. They've got Jesus and Martinelli, both for Brazil. Uh, Tommy Yosu for Japan. Granite Jacket, Switzerland. Uh, William Saliba for France. Matt Turner for the USA. Uh, Aaron Ramsdale, Ben White, and Saka for England. Then. Assenville has four players. Uh, Den Donker is Belgian. Uh, Jan Bednarak and Matty Cash are Polish. And that was the other one, Matty Cash. I didn't know that he I played I wish it said how many goals that these players have scored or how many goals like these teams have. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, to like match them up. Emilio Martinez for Argentina. Uh, Chris Memphin. Oh, sorry. Bournemouth has two players. Chris Memphin and Kiefer Moore for Wales. Kiefer. Who are not in it anymore. Brentford has four players. Uh, Damsgaard and Jensen both play for D- Denmark. They were out today. Uh, Brian Webo for Cameroon. And David Rea for Spain. Great goalkeeper. Brighton Hove Albion, four players. Uh, Matoma for Japan. Trossard for Belgium. Sanchez, Robert Sanchez for Spain. And Alexis uh, McAllister for Argentina. <laughs> Chelsea has 12 players. Kovacic for Croatia. Silva for Brazil. Uh, Zakari for Switzerland, Pulisic for USA, uh, Ziyech for Morocco, Pia Havertz for Germany, Mason Mount, Connor Gallagher, Ryan Sterling for England, Mendy, uh, uh, Koulibaly. Yes, thank you. Koulibaly for <laughs> Senegal. I don't, why did I blink on his name? And Cesar, uh, Espelicoita for Spain. Because I think when you look at Kaladu, Koulibaly all together, it's, it's, like, it's very, um, a lot. He's like one of the best defenders in the world. That's sad for me. Uh, Crystal Palace has one player, uh, Joachim Anderson for Denmark. Everton has three. Onana for Belgium. Uh, Cody for England. And Idris Gay for Senegal. That's incorrect. Hmm. Where is uh, Pickford? Oh, Pickford. You're right. 
Interesting. Where's the best goalie in England? So we can't even. We can't even. This might be wrong. Who wrote this article? I just saw a picture of you, sir. Maybe you, Daniel Austin. We should email him. I bet he's got a thousand emails from Everton fans who have nothing better to do. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I actually hate Everton, but you forgot about Pickford. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You scroll down and see that Kelly wrote this. I'm going to put a review in. <laughs> uh, Fulham has six players. Harry Wilson, uh, Daniel James for Wales. Tim Ream and Anthony Robinson for USA. Uh, Palahina for Portugal and Mitrovic for Serbia. Then Leeds United has three players. Christensen for Denmark. Aronson and Adams for USA. All right. <laughs> Leicester City has six players. Danny Ward, uh, Fez, Castigne, and Tielemans for Brazil. Or Belgium, excuse me. Uh, Madison for England and Mendy for Senegal. Liverpool with seven players. Allison and Fabinho for Brazil. Conte for France. Alexander-Arnold and Jordan Henderson for England. Nunes for Uruguay. Virgil van Dijk for uh, Netherlands. The Netherlands. <clears throat> Manchester City had... Their whole roster. Akanji <laughs> for Switzerland. Who He's had a great, uh, he's had a great World Cup so far. Uh, Edison for Brazil, who hasn't played at all yet. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne for Belgium. Gundogan for Germany, Stones, Walker, Phillips, Foden, Grealish for England, Cancelo, Diaz, and Silvia, or Silva for Portugal, uh, Nathan Ake for Netherlands, uh, America Laporte and Roger for Spain, and Alvarez for Argentina. Then United has Anthony Casemiro and Fred for Brazil, Eriksen for Denmark, Varane for France, Maguire, Shaw, Rashford for England. Uh, Dallet for Nandez and Ronaldo. Well, he's not a United player anymore. For Portugal. <laughs> that uh, was the best. Yeah, awesome. Palistri for Uruguay. Uh, Malasia for Netherlands. And Martinez for... Or Martinez, excuse me. Oh, my dad's going to kill me for that one. Martinez for Argentina. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Newcastle has uh, Guimaraes for Brazil. Shaw for Switzerland. Pope, Trippier, and Wilson for England. Forrest has Frauler for Switzerland, <laughs> Hennessy, uh, Nico Williams, and Brennan Johnson for Wales, and Cuyate for Senegal. And then. Do you think Cuyate's been out here twice? There's a lot of Cuyates. <laughs> Southampton, we've already talked about Belakotchap for <laughs> Germany. Tottenham's got 10. Uh, Hoiberg for Denmark, Perisic for Croatia, Richarlison for Brazil, Davis for Wales, Lloris for France, Dyer King. Has he been England. playing? I haven't been mm-hmm. paying attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rodrigo Bentecor for uh, Uruguay. Sar for Senegal. He scored. Uh, Romero for Argentina. I didn't realize how much how many Argentinians There's were a lot. in the prep. Same. same. <clears throat> uh, United has five. West Ham United. Thank you. Yeah. Paqueta for Brazil. Ariola for France. Aguero for Mor- Morocco. Kiar for Germany. And Declan Rice for England. And then Wolverhampton Wanderers have Nunez, uh, <laughs> Nunez, Neves, and Sa for Portugal. Great. Yeah. Mouthful. What do these numbers mean? I don't know. You didn't even have the right players. Yeah, really. Silly goose. <laughs> Silly goose. Great articles. Great happenings. But you know what? We have the story behind the fixture. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I forgot to print them out, and I don't have my readers, so I do this on a computer, and I'm sorry. (laughs) And I know that makes me sound like an old lady, but it is what it is. Let me pull it up because it doesn't let me keep it up. That's weird. 
Sorry, Gordon. It, it was up and then it... Story Behind the Fixture. All right. Let's get into it. So Story Behind the Fixture by Graham Lee. FIFA World Cup edition, round of 16. Um, so before we get started, Graham would like to make a point. So, um, well, and he says, before we get started on this week's Story Behind the Fixture episode, uh, he would like to share with you that after searching over the last decade for some good reason to hold the World Cup in early winter, he finally discovered something of note. A few days ago, Wednesday, November 30th, marked the 155th 150th anniversary of the first international soccer match, which was held in Glasgow, Scotland, between Scotland and England, a game that ended goalless and watched by 4,000 fans. So there you have it. There, that is the only good reason to have a Winter <laughs> World Cup, and it may never happen again, or at least not for another 150 years. <laughs> and if, God forbid, I'm still living in 150 years because of some weird technology, somebody run me over with your hovercraft. I, I have to ask him, but I thought it was... Like 1882, and I thought Scotland won 5-1. I'll have to ask him. It might not be the same well, game. Oh, I thought you said 1982, and I was like, I don't oh, know, no, but that wasn't 150 years ago. <laughs> do you want, Do you have this? Do you want this? No, I, I'm, I'm reading it now. All right. So the round of 16 sounds so formal, so black and white, so generic. For the first episode, I'm... Um, he's Graham is going to steal the NCAA North American College Basketball tag of the Sweet 16, which is far more romantic. It conjures it conjures up possibilities of what might be and dreams realized. For many, it is achieving more than they ever thought possible, and for many teams of the World Cup, it will be their ultimate dream to reach the the Sweet 16. <laughs> so, I mean, I feel that way about the USA. So this episode is about the unlikely teams of World Cup's past that reached the Sweet 16 for a few that went even further. It wasn't until 1982 finals in Spain that were more than 16 teams qualified for the finals, and indeed the first four finals couldn't even attract 16 teams. So in the early years, several teams made finals by default, but there were a few shock results even back then. Give me one moment. I'm going to make my light writing a little bigger sorry guys <clears throat> turning 31 next month and i already can't see i could go get my glasses but this is more fun for you guys right <laughs> obviously the 1950 usa victory over england was one of the major shocks of the early years although the u.s u.s later lost to both spain and chile and failed to progress beyond the groups beyond the group stage every world cup finals has had its upsets in individual games, and Qatar 2022 has been no expectation. Uh, but what about the the little teams who actually made it out of their group play and and wow and reached their Sweet 16? <laughs> in 1958, both Wales and Northern Ireland progressed into the quarterfinals, which was quite an achievement thanks to Northern Ireland's tie with West Germany and a three-game unbeaten run by the Welsh. The big upset in 1966 was Little Korea. I'm struggling. My eyes are not good. The big, this is why I printed out, guys, because when I read off a computer like this, the words blend together. (laughs) The big upset in 1966 was Little North Korea in their one and only appearance in the finals. They beat the mighty Italians in the group stages to set up a quarterfinal game against Portugal at Everton's Goodison Park. The Koreans had won the hearts of the 40,000 Merseyside fans who were cheering their every touch. 
After 22 minutes, they found themselves three up before the great Eusebio Eusebio scored four goals to take Portugal through to the semifinals on a 5-3 victory. Damn, though. That still seems like a pretty bomb game. Yeah. Um, Algeria won two of their group stages in 1982, beating West Germany and Chile, but failed to advance on goal difference. Poor Chile. Yeah, they get put in some big groups. <laughs> yeah. Do they? Because it seems like the little teams keep beating them. <laughs> uh, four years later, Paraguay, Morocco, and Denmark were in the finals for the first time. All made it to their Sweet 16, but none of them advanced beyond that. I think um, Graham wrote this article specifically to see how many countries I can pronounce. <laughs> You'll have to let me know how I'm doing. The so op- far, so good. The opening game of the 1990 World Cup Finals was a major upset as the Cameroon beat Ar- as Cameroon beat Argentina and progressed to the last 16. The Republic of Ireland also made it to the last 16 on their first visit to the finals, and actually both Ireland and Cameroon advanced to the quarterfinals that year, only to be beaten by Italy and England, respectfully. A whole host of teams made it to made it to the round of 16 in the 94 USA finals. Home nation USA, the Republic of Ireland, Saudi Arabia, and Nigeria all progressed, but none made it beyond the, beyond the last 16. Lots of shocks in the 1998 group stages with Nigeria beating Spain, Iran beating the U.S., and Jamaica beating Japan in their first finals, but only Nigeria made it into the round of 16, but sadly no further. In 2002, six unfancied uh, teams made it into the Sweet 16, including Senegal, courtesy of a win over France. Turkey also progressed along with joint host South Korea, who beat Portugal and Poland in the group games. The Republic of Ireland held the Germans to a tie and advanced along with the USA and joint host Japan. The U.S., Senegal, and South Korea all made it as far as the quarterfinals where Turkey beat South Korea to get as far as the semifinals in what is arguably the deepest run made by an unfancied side. Turkey was ranked at number 23 of the 32 finalists that year. The Australians national team made it out of the group stages in 06, but their run ended at the hands of Italy. Four years later, host nation South Africa beat France but failed to progress. That's like what bothers me so much. When these teams like just destroy these big teams like France, I want you to go far, and then they never do. And it's so frustrating. It often is like, we'll get into it later, but I I feel like it's the the timing that you play the team. Yeah, that is true. Um, So South Korea, USA, Ghana, and Japan all made it into the last 16 where Ghana beat the U.S., only to go out at the quarterfinal stage on penalties to Uruguay. In 2014, Costa Rica made it out of the group that contained both England and Italy, then went on to beat Greece in the round of 16. Their run finally coming to an end in the quarterfinals, losing to the Netherlands on penalties. Will any of them advance beyond the Sweet 16 into the Elite Eight? (laughs) I love this. (laughs) At the time of recording this episode, Saudi Arabia are still in with a shot as are Australia, Morocco, and Ghana. That is one of the big attractions with the way that the FIFA World Cup is laid out. No one could ever argue that the finals is a festival of the 32 best teams in the world. Qatar 2022 has no Italy, Peru, or Sweden, no Ukraine, Norway, or Austria, but it does give the opportunity 
for plenty of upsets and the chance of some of the little teams to realize their dreams. Over the course of the last 21 World Cup finals, we have seen that the supposedly big teams such as Argentina, Denmark, and Germany don't necessarily have it all of their own way. One thing is certain in football, the gap in quality seems to be narrowing every year. That's my, I love that. Yep. 100% true. Yeah, it's just, the game is globalized. I mean, look at the Premier League. How many players do we read off from how many different countries? Like, And likewise, that is the same in the Italian League. That's the same in Serie A. That's the same, or sorry, that is the Italian League. That's the same in um, uh, the Spanish League. That's the same in the Bundesliga. Like, right. there are players from every country getting exposure and playing with different yeah. teams all across 100%. the world. 100%. Once again, another phenomenal story behind the fixture submitted by Graham and uh, botched by the reading of Kelly Kuyawa um, and her printed. dyslexia. It wasn't printed. Yeah, you know what? I could read these a hundred times over and I would still mess it up. <laughs> it just brings me back to school days when they had popcorn read and I had panic attacks that I had to read out loud without having prepped. And even well, when do, I prepped. Like, I used to like count the people. Oh, me too. Like, but then it would right, be. It'd be like six more people, so six more sentences, and I'd read that sentence over and over and over. Yeah. And then I'd still say thermometer instead of thermometer. Sixth grade. <laughs> thermometer. Wow. That's hilarious that you remember that. Because I'm traumatized by it. I was reading in history class and I was like, oh, the cavemen didn't have thermometers to determine how cold it was. Well, I mean, And everyone like, laughed and they're like, that's thermometer. And I'm like, oh, shit. Technically. And I'm pretty sure it was seventh grade. It's thermo, which is heat. Meter, which is what you read. So thermometer isn't off that. I mean, like, you could probably get away with that in college and say it's a British way to say it. <laughs> Hello, mate. I'm actually British. Hello, mate. Hey. <laughs> if only I was that smart in seventh grade, Gordon. Clearly, yeah. I wasn't. Yeah, everyone knows you for seven years, and you're like, all of a sudden, I'm actually British. Hello, <laughs> mate. I was like, <laughs> and Mandy was in my class, so she's probably like, that girl's an idiot. She lives down the block from me. <laughs> Stupid bitch. <laughs> Anyways, that's besides the point. Turn around, Speaking of Mandy, a little shout out here. Good for you, Mandy. Doesn't know anything about soccer, and you're like way up there in the table for the World Cup. Well, I should tell her that. I'll tell her when we're done. That I would was be rude. Say, you can wait till we're done. <laughs> <laughs> I just call. I would just sit on the phone. <laughs> oh, what are you doing? Nothing. Yeah, there's nothing. <laughs> All right, World Cup games because we have a lot of them, and we're going to talk in depth about every, every single, one single one that was played from Tuesday night of last week Good until luck, today. Graham. On your treadmill. Yeah. Graham, we're we're doing a 26.2, baby. Let's go. <laughs> On your treadmill today. Just kidding. We're going to talk about one game and then we're going to be done. So you got another 10 minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're going to talk about all of them. Some of them. <laughs> all right. We left it off uh, last Tuesday. So we're going all the way back, guys, to Wednesday, November 23rd. Uh, that day we saw Morocco play Croatia, uh, ended in a 0-0 tie. Germany uh, lost to Japan 2-1. Spain won, beat Costa Rica 7-0 and Belgium beat Canada 1-0. Uh, really great games that Wednesday. That was like the fifth day of the World Cup, I was gonna I would say. I think it was only day four, actually. Uh, tons, ton, you're right, tons of goals. Obviously, I mean, just alone for Spain. Uh, for me, I would say the Spain-Costa Rica game even the Belgium Canada game, 
In Germany, I think I was just really upset with um, the Germany's performance. I that was so good. They were so good. I've never. I felt like I've never seen them play like that before. Um, but seven goals out of Spain. Like Costa Rica didn't even stand a chance. Granted, one of Fernand Torres's goals was a penalty. Um, Olmo ended up scoring in the 11 minutes, and 10 minutes after that, they made it a 2-0 win. 10 minutes after that, Torres gets a penalty, and it's three. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck is that? Great, this isn't even a paid ad. We're about to advertise for shingles. Oh, my God. So, oh, fucking ESPN. I apologize to everyone. This is a <laughs> the worst podcast ever how are, are we the 18th best in the world anyway um yeah go ahead pretty much spain scored like every 10 minutes of the game can i just point out some stats absolutely not because it was this is this is the, we don't do that i'm kidding go abysmal it was a tr- i've never watched a professional game that one-sided like these kids demolished this team 82 percent possession Zero shots on target. Zero shots at all for Costa Rica. They didn't touch the fucking ball. Spain's goalie went and got a hot dog and a non-alcoholic Budweiser. (laughs) Oh, just kidding. (laughs) Non-alcoholic pop during the game and came back and they were still like, nah, man, we'll just play one down. Like Unbelievable. Yeah. Their possession, 18%. Like, Croatia didn't even have the ball enough to score a goal. I'm pretty sure the only time they... What racked up their possession was a throw, like throws, throw-ins, mm-hmm. and then that was it. A uh, really great game for us, uh, for Spain. Um, I guess I mean, like I said, Belgium beat Canada. Yeah, I'm always low key rooting for Belgium though. P- fucking penalty saved, ten minutes in. Yeah, you know this is Canada never scored a World Cup before. You've got your guy Alfonso Davies. Who like led the team, one of the best players that Canada's ever produced. He gets to step up and he fucking gets his penalty save. That was a heartbreaker. 22 shots for Canada. No goals. Thibaut Courtois was very, very, very busy. Belgium did not look good. They should not have escaped with a win. They shouldn't have escaped with any points. Canada, I mean, we'll talk about Canada again later on, but just... Pretty, they just didn't have their shooting boots on them. And honestly, like, we just talked about Costa Rica. Right. We'll talk about um, Mexico. We'll talk about the U.S. The U.S., two goals in the World Cup. Right. They're through the next round. Canada, one goal. Um, Well, we'll see. They still have to play a game, but they're already out. Right. Um, Mexico with two goals today, and they're out. So, not really looking good for CONCACAF. Nobody's got their shooting. Nobody knows how to shoot the ball. Yeah, that's going to be a pretty boring tournament if no one can score goals. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on, anything else for Wednesday? No. Oh, I will say this. Japan's fans, again, I know we talked about this last, uh, I think it was four, I forget, maybe we didn't talk about this, but maybe I, I posted on my social media yeah. before we had a podcast. It's hard to know when the podcast started. Um, the fans stayed after, as they often do. Right. Picked up all the trash. <sighs> um, their locker room was spotless all the trash was put away all the the um, towels were folded up everything was neat and then they left 11 origami swans for like good luck or, or like virtue or i have to look up the, the actual meaning of it but they left the origami swan and said thank you very much for this like 
unbelievable. The Japanese team, if there is one underdog they team that I They won the World Cup in my eyes. Yes. Their fans are fantastic. Fuck Germany. Their players are fantastic. So respectful. Why cannot more teams be like that? Why cannot? Why can't? I don't know. <laughs> Why can't I'm, more teams? I'm rooting for them. They're nice people. I like that. I like good people. I like good people. I like respectful people. Same. Oh, I love people that know how to throw shit away. Uh, moving on to Tuesday, November 24th. Uh, Switzerland met with Cameroon and beat them 1-0. Uruguay met with South Korea and it was a 0-0 draw. Portugal and Ghana, 3-2 win for Portugal. Ronaldo. And Brazil beat Serbia 2-0. This was Thanksgiving Day. Um, I spent my Thanksgiving in the woods and we had the soccer games on. It was really cool to do that. Um, Everyone was really supportive of it, which was really fun for my cousin and I. Uh, who are big soccer fans, and we bonded over our hatred for Portugal. I believe we were watching the Portugal game as we were throwing axes in the woods, and I think <laughs> we were pretending it was Ronaldo's head. Um, I mean, I think the Portugal-Ghana game, that that was a huge game. Uh, Ghana, I I thought that they were going to get the draw. Like, I, I really thought that it was going to happen for them. Portugal kind of thought that they had it in the bag. And all of a sudden, Ghana said, you know what? Let us get a few goals and scare you a bit. They were so close, too. They had the guy hiding on the post. And was it uh, – who's the Portuguese goalkeeper? Is it Rea? No, he's for Spain. No, he's for España. Costa. Costa, yeah. He rolls it down casually. And the Ghana player runs up to him, takes the ball, but then the defense kind of swarms him. But that would have been 3-3. And, like – I think every like they even po- like showed Cristiano Ronaldo going like what and he and Cristiano Ronaldo screamed at the goalie yeah. after the game. So they almost they almost blew it. Ghana is a very exciting team to watch. Extremely talk about a team that knows how to score. Holy shit! Extremely. I'm enjoying them. Uh, for me, the Brazil Serbia outcome. I'm not. I'm not shocked about that. <clears throat> no, they played well too. Uh, played really well. I mean, Rich Arlson with two goals, ten minutes well, apart. One of his goals, one, oh. argu- arguably one of the best goals of the tournament. I- do not like that guy. I think you don't like him because he has blonde hair. Or the fact that he plays with Tottenham and Everton. And he bumped out Firmino. Yeah, that too. <laughs> All of that. Uh, good reasoning. So good Thanksgiving, World Cup Day. Moving on to Friday, uh, November 25th. Uh, Wales played Iran. Um, 0-2 win for Iran. Shock. Very, very late goals. Two of the latest Sh- world go- uh, goals in World Cup history. And that brings us to Qatar, Senegal. 3-1 win for Senegal. Love to see it. I anyways, I think Friday the, the the game that everyone was talking about was England versus USA. Um that was the Friday game for group B and uh a big sack of a uh, disappointing in my opinion. Big sack zero of shit. zero draw for both teams. And it was I was almost like, okay, England, come on. You have every goddamn all star on Manchester City and all they do is score goals and you can't get one in? I mean, not that I props props to the U.S. in that regard because here was the game plan, Gareth Southgate. Because the game turned on its head, right? And all the people that don't really watch soccer were like, "Wow, the U.S. are getting back into it." For those of us that actually watch the game, what My was really happening? Yeah, what was really happening was Gareth Southgate probably said, "First 15, 20 minutes, let's hammer the shit out of them, see if we can get on the board." Okay. If we don't get and anything, you don't know Garrett. If you don't know Garrett Southgate is the manager, the manager of England. Yes, yes, sorry, apologies. Um, if we don't get anything, drop back. This U.S. team is inexperienced. They didn't make the last World Cup. 
Most of them are under the age of 25. They get very excited when they have possession. Let them have possession. They will all come forward. We'll hit them on the brakes. And we'll stay fit. And let these guys who... Let how many guys went down with cramps against Wales right. after 60 minutes? I think that was the game plan for let England. Let them essentially ex- exhaust themselves. And we'll pick up the pieces. Right. And, and But they couldn't do it. The U.S. did not give up. Credit to them. They just really not It was clinical. that puppy blood in them. It was. They probably all slept so good. They also do... I know that so, most of them play in Europe. How has... How, why was the game plan not to target Harry Maguire? He had days on the ball. He had so many unchallenged headers on corners. Why he do had, I feel like people are intimidated by Harry Maguire? I don't know. But which he, makes me... Remember no when pressure, I had to throw but, up earlier? Yeah. That statement makes me want to throw up again. Yep. It almost, it almost did me in. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why that wasn't a game plan, but he was virtually had a, had a walk in the park. Yeah. 100%. Christian Pulisic had... Some fantastic corner. If I was his, Ugh. if I was him, I'd be so mad because I've been on so many teams where I feel like we waste corners because they're not put in the right spots, and his were all right where you want to be, and nobody was. No one was there to it. clean them up. That is that is very devastating. But yeah, I mean, if you look at the statistics, you'd have to argue that the U.S. made out better. I mean. Seven corners. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. They forced. They only forced one save. Pickford, Matt Turner had to make three, and he made a couple of really big ones. He did great. Um, Tim Ream looked phenomenal. Tyler Adams phenomenal. Another great game. However, this is the same with the Wales one. Before the tournament started, if you would have said we'd take two points from Wales and England, I think everyone would have been like, "Let's have it. I'll yeah. take it." But after watching the games, you're like, we could have won that. We should have won that. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Uh, moving on to Saturday, November 26th, uh, we saw Tunzia play Australia. 0-1 win for Australia. Late win for Australia. Super late win. We saw Poland play South Arabia, a 2-0 win for Poland. France playing Denmark, 2-1 win for France. I really thought that game was going to be a lot higher scoring. Yep. Um, and then Argentina played Mexico, which was a 2-0 win for Argentina. And damn, that game was spicy. I liked that game. That I, was one of the best games of the tournament in terms of skill and yes. back and forth and tactics, even though it ended in a tie. I was a little disappointed that Mexico or couldn't. Sorry, 2-1. Sorry. 2-0. Yeah. I was a little disappointed that Mexico couldn't get anything in the net. Yeah, and that's that's been a common theme. I mean, even after the first half in today's game, their knockout game. Yeah. All the ball, all the chances in the world cannot hit the back of the net. Just couldn't get it going. No, it's it's devastating. But yeah, the, and the Denmark France one was interesting because Denmark was supposed to be a dark horse. I mean, we read off how many Premier League players are on that Denmark team. Pretty good players. They've got a decent team. They went to the semifinals of of the Euros without Christian Eriksen two years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And they tie France. They scare the shit out of them. France and Mbappe has to score in the 86th minute to win that game. Um, And Denmark go home with no wins. That's upsetting. Can we talk about um, Eric Christensen? In Denmark playing Canada for the first... And then... Was it Canada? Who did they play? Their first game was... um, Who was the team that when Eric Christensen played them, he went to cardiac arrest? Oh, that was... Yeah, in in Euros. Um, Austria? And didn't they... No, because Austria's not in... 
I have to look it up. But their first game that was Eric Christensen was back playing in an international tournament. Yeah, they, it was a friendly, yeah. No, this World Cup, didn't they do something special for him? I don't know. I swear to God. I know that when he came back to the international stage over this summer, they did something. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Maybe I came across a really old article. Because Tunisia was their first game in this World Cup. I don't know. Um, and they didn't do anything for Christensen. Yeah, I think I must have just saw a really old article. Never mind. Never mind. So sorry. <laughs> All good. So sorry for the mix-up. Um, and then we have Mbappe. Two goals. Unstoppable. Man, really so pissed I didn't put him as my uh, golden boot. So what good. is it? Yeah, golden boot. Yeah. Oh, I was like, that doesn't sound right. Uh, golden boot winner, but, you know, live and learn, I guess. Live and learn. <laughs> All right, jumping into Sunday, November 27th. Moving along here. Uh, Japan played Costa Rica. Costa Rica um, got their ass beat less in the last game they played, but then they beat Japan 1-0. Germany. Yeah. And then Germany ties Spain the same day. Like what, uh, This was when I was like, it's what is going on here? Unreal. Uh, Belgium loses to Morocco 0-2. to um, Croatia beats Canada 4-1. Canada just not having a good run in the World Cup. And then Spain draws to Germany 1-1. So Germany loses their first game, draws in the second game, and then Spain winning and drawing. So I don't know. What a, what a weird day that was of games. That Spain-Germany game was really good, too. So good. I, I just really enjoyed that game. I don't know. I don't know if I just have a hard-on for Germany. I just love everything about them. Canada, though, man. Two minutes in, Alfonso Rough early, go. early again. Alfonso Davies scores. It's all looking good, and then four unanswered goals. Possession. Canada again had more possession. They had eight shots. Like just couldn't find the back of that. My question is, Belgium. Four years ago, you guys played with freaking your hearts on your sleeve. Where are you at now? What's going on? Still a really did you talented th- team. Still a really talented thing. But did you think getting into the finals in the last World Cup was going to make it just easy for you guys? Yeah, no. Dismal performances by Belgium. Extremely dismal, which has been disappointing. Yeah, it's not... Uh, they've, they're going to have a tough... Obviously, when this comes out, you'll have already... I think they play tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes. Um, so you guys will already know the score by the time you hear this, uh, whether or not Belgium has made it. Right. Um, but it doesn't. It's, I don't know. A lot of people too in our in our group have them at least going the semis. I think I making, do making a deep run. So Fuck they Belgium. do not look good. However, what I will say, Argentina didn't look good in the beginning. Made it out of the group. Yeah. Um, Germany's starting to look like they're putting it together. We'll see tomorrow. Um, Come on, Germans. Netherlands didn't look great in their first game and made it through. Portugal, you know, you could argue that some of these teams, are just, it's taking them a little bit to right. get, get used to the climate and playing together again. 100%. Um, Monday, November 28th. We're cruising along here, folks. Oh, what This is my favorite day of the World Cup so far. Truly. Uh, Cameroon plays Serbia. They draw 3-3. South Korea plays Ghana. Ghana gets the win by beating South Korea 3-2. Uh, Brazil plays Switzerland, beats them 1-0, as in Brazil beats Switzerland, and Portugal beats Uruguay 2-0. If this wasn't your favorite day in the World Cup, then I don't know what is. Truly a great day. I mean, just just the Cameroon-Serbia game alone. Uh, Six goals in that game. Maybe the best game in the World Cup so far. 
they score early. It's Cameroon, excuse me. Serbia scores three unanswered goals. They look dominant for most of the first. First half ends. And two goals Cameroon. in the first half extra time. Yeah. Two goals for Serbia. Yep. Canada get, or Cameroon gets to work at, in the Which is half. wild because going into halftime, Cameroon was up 2 0. One, one. No. Cameroon. 100%. You're correct. 1 0. Yeah, yeah. 1 0. Mm-hmm. Serbia says, you know what? F off. We're going to take it into the locker room 2 1. Yeah. Like and you then, said, two, two goals in extra time. Wild. And started the second half very quickly. Yeah. Mitra, our boy Mitrovic scores, and it's like, oh, this is curtains for Cameroon. Yes. They're going to be third team eliminated from the World Cup, and they fought back, and they earned a very difficult victory. And for the next – their last goal was in the 66 minutes. So for, like, the next 20 minutes, it was a slugfest. And, Hell of a game. And both teams deserved the point. Hell of a way to die. <laughs> Yeah, hell, I mean, South Korea and Ghana, three goals for Ghana, um, two of them coming from Mohamed Kudis and the other one coming from Mohamed Sa- Salisu, Salusu, and Salisu. Korea looked, oh. yeah, Korea looked down and out, scored two very quick goals. This is another one. It was 58th yeah. minute and 61st minute. And well, then four minutes later, Ghana scores. Human Sung Hoo. Wow, I cannot do this. The headphones Cho on both ears. How do you do this? What? How do you... I can't talk like this. Why? I don't know. It's weird. Sorry. I hate that I can hear myself. <laughs> um, yeah, another great game, guys. Sorry. I just feel like it always reminds me when I move away, I can't... I, oh, like, yeah. Oh, that's man. a good point. What do you think my punchline is? Another great game? Another great week? <laughs> another great goal? Another great goalie performance? Wow. That's what I sound like when I do that? Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Why aren't you rude? Because this is your podcast. Technically, it's your podcast. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Oh wait, hang on. Portugal. Just want to talk about Cristiano Ronaldo having the audacity to try and take that goal away from Bruno Fernandez. Oh my god, that was hilarious. He does his like little seal jump thing, and he's like, "Yeah, I scored. Yeah, I scored." And then it's like, "Oh yeah, by the way, um, no, you didn't." And the FIFA now has this little computer in the balls, and you didn't touch it. I hate him, guys. <laughs> Moving on. Tuesday, November 29th, um, which was yesterday because today is Wednesday. We had Ecuador and Senegal play at the same time in the morning. Ecuador loses to Senegal. 2-1 win for Senegal. What am I saying? Uh, Netherlands and Qatar play. Believe it or not, Qatar lost. 2-0 win for Netherlands. Iran plays the U.S. Huge game, by the way. Uh, 1-0 win for the U.S. Chris, uh, Polistic, Christian Polistic's balls saved the day. Put his balls on the line for country. Balls on the line for his country. And then that yesterday ended in the Wales-England match. 3-0 win for England, which I don't... Rashford looking like he's having fun again. I don't uh, know if you saw any I of the highlights. I love him. Yeah, yeah, he had a great game looking like he's having a blast. He could look like that at United. And I think that he's going to look like that now that... Mr. Crybaby's gone. Yeah. Mr. Wussy Face. I will uh, plug a little. It's, it wouldn't be a, a podcast if we didn't mention Liverpool. But <laughs> I will mention that somebody inside the England camp, I forget who it is. It's just like one of the physios or whatever. says like, Jordan Henderson, when you see them celebrate goals, like Jordan Henderson doesn't have as big of a role on the field now or this World Cup. Yeah. But he is the reason. Like he, he has this energy about him that he's like is a true captain. Like, he 
unites the guys in the locker room. He finds the common ground. He also is like he b- likes to bark orders and keep everybody to their highest standards. And a lot of guys like look up to him and, and appreciate and value his, his responses. And I love that they say like when in go far, it's a, a lot of ways has to do with how Jordan Henderson handles the guys. So England's semifinals and last World Cup, England's finals in Euros, and however England go far here is basically on the shoulders of of Henderson. So, well, am I rooting for England now? Well, we don't have to face England until the final now, so I know that. But go like, for it, go for it until the the World Cup final. I guess. I mean, I'm always kind of rooting for England, but here's the thing: if we face England in the finals, we've already tied them. They didn't score any goals against us. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a fair matchup, yeah. and I will take off work. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And I will get wasted. Oh, if, if the U.S. goes to the World Cup finals, I'll be wasted a whole week. I'll be wasted the whole year <laughs> if they win it. Oh my! Can you imagine? I'm gonna be drunk and I'm gonna tie dye my body red, white, and blue. Here's the thing: it's only four wins. Even though they've only won one game. Moving on. So today is Wednesday, Wednesday, November 30th. Um, the last games we'll talk about, obviously, which is annoying. Like I feel like we should just podcast every day, all day. All day, every day? Like have a little mini one every day? No, just go live every day and just talk about our lives in the games. We should. Every day. Okay. So Tunisia played. Tunisia played France. They won one zero. Good for them. Nine uh, changes to that French team, though. Nine out of the eleven players were changed, which is stupid. Well, they had already won the group, so it didn't matter. Oh, so they're just like, hey, go play in the World Cup. Yeah, and because don't they actually, have a certain amount of minutes to get a medal if they medal? Uh, I don't know if that's the oh, case. Oh, they don't in the World medal. Cup. This is not the Olympics. No, but they will get a winner's medal. Yeah, true. And and I don't know if that's the case in the World Cup. That's a good question. So maybe that's why they did it. Maybe they're like, we're going to win, so we want all of our players to have medals. Well, they just want Mbappe to be rusty so they can kick some ass. In the I mean, that's probably time. the logical reasoning why. But, <laughs> um, anyways, Australia won against Denmark 1-0. Poor Denmark. It's okay, mm. Denmark. Uh, Poland lost. Ugh, Poland to Argentina t- uh, 2-0. Argentina gets two goals, and then they just they leave. Whatever. They're winning. Uh, South Arabia loses Saudi. to Mexico. What did I say? South. <laughs> oh, God. Saudi Arabia. <laughs> South Arabia. I didn't even realize I said that either. <laughs> Saudi Arabia loses to Mexico 2-1, which is sad for them, yeah. especially because I don't even know what country they are. I know. I just <laughs> stupid. Uh, good for Mexico's case, though. Yeah. Good oh. win on Mexico. All right. So here's what I want to break down the two the two days that we've had for eliminations with the timing of the wins, right? Right. So it's unfortunate for some teams where they played other teams. So this is I'm going to break it down with the U.S. because everyone that probably listens to this podcast cares a little bit about the U.S. So I'll make it very easy. You heard, and Fox was a huge proponent of this, you heard very much that the U.S. didn't give a shit about any of the games except for England, right? Well, yeah. They'd already assumed they were going to take six points from Wales and and, uh, Iran. Well, yeah, according to Fox. So, yeah, exactly. So, had the games been different, had the U.S. played England first and gotten a 0-0 result, they probably would have been beaten by either Wales or Iran. Actually, if they had played England first and Iran second... They would have lost two games. They would have lost to Iran for sure. So... I feel it has a, a huge factor in how you play. Saudi Arabia, 
it's sad that they didn't advance. However, they play Argentina first, right? Beat right. them. If Mexico Argentina plays first and Argentina played the way they did, Mexico probably would have beaten them. Mexico would have taken that and been like, we just beat Argentina. And they probably easily would have swept aside yeah. Poland. True. Poland beats Saudi Arabia 2 nothing. Mexico thinks they can go and do it, but they, the job's already done there. I really think that a lot of the factors had to do with the timing that they played other people. Because for Iran to have lost so badly to England and then beaten Wales, they came into the U.S. games thinking, oh, we can do this. Yeah. Had they lost to both Wales and England or even played U.S. first, like I really feel like... And the other the other side of it, look at two countries that really got screwed over by these picking points. I know that in our group chat with Steve, one of the things is like, all right, what do we need to do? What are the points? Right. And I said, fuck the points, win the games. Right. And when Just you win, yeah. when you play these mind games, like Ecuador did not know because at at one point a tie would have been enough for them to go through. Sure. And if the other result went a certain way, they still would have went through even with a loss to Senegal. Sure, so they yeah. didn't know how to approach that game. So they they hold back, hold back, hold back. Senegal scores, and they're like, shit, we need to score. They go forward and score. They're like, okay, we, we have a tie now. Right. And then Senegal scores again. Ecuador's out because they didn't know how to approach the game. The, the players were all, eh, I don't know. Tunisia. Uh, they didn't know how to approach the game. Or sorry, not Tunisia. I, I apologize. I apologize. Uh, Denmark. Denmark, yeah. Didn't know how to approach the game. Australia just took it to them. Denmark didn't know if they needed to pull back and get the tie. And Australia went forward. Right. And then all of a sudden, Tunisia scores against France. It's still 0-0. Australia goes, oh, shit, we now need to win. Australia goes forward, scores the goal they need. Denmark still has no idea what to do because now they need two goals. And sure. they collapse. So win, just win the games for the, those teams. I, I would really look at those groups coming up. And obviously, it's not going to matter when you listen right, to it because right. Friday is going to be the last day for um, the group play. No, I think it will matter. I think in the sense, too, like, it, this is like just like good information just to have an understanding. I think, too, that this conversation we're having right now, we could have it for 20 hours. Yeah, right. It, it's like, um, it's almost like the, it's infinitive. infinity answers or whatever. Like, it's the limit does not exist. Well, I mean, yeah, because... Poland, Argentina, and and New Mexico, all of a sudden, it it went from, okay, Mexico either has to score five goals or Argentina has to beat Poland by three. Right. And it was like, that seems, it seems like it's going to be Mexico or uh, Argentina, Poland. Sure. And then all of a sudden, Argentina's got two, Mexico's got two, and it's like, whoa, Ted, it could happen. Right. Argentina just needs to score, Mexico needs to score, and Mexico's through now. So it, it, there is a lot of this, like, Anything can happen, in fact. And we've seen it already. We truly have seen it, which is crazy. Which is crazy. Which, going on to our next topic. So, I know that there's going to be more added to this list. Um, but as of Wednesday, November 30th, um, here are the teams that will be advancing onto the next stages, which would be the Sweet 16. Correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, we have France. My dad, yeah. <laughs> Netherlands. USA. Senegal. Australia. England, Argentina, and Poland. Those teams are currently advancing. 100% confirmation on it. Which is great. Teams that will... 
Sorry, I, I can't breathe right now. Wait, didn't Portugal? No. No, not yet. Um, teams that are currently for oh, sure. Oh, yeah, Portugal won two. Yeah, you're right. They're already through. I had that on my list earlier, and then for some reason, I took them off. I must accidentally deleted them. And Portugal. So teams that are currently eliminated and will no longer be in the World Cup moving on to the Sweet 16 is Qatar, Ecuador, Wales, Iran, because of the USA, Denmark, <laughs> Tunisia, Mexico, Saudi Arabia, and Canada. And I almost feel bad. Okay, actually, quick question. Out of the teams eliminated, if you got to choose one team to come back, what one would it be right now? Out of this one right now. Who do I think would be the most fun to watch? Just whatever. No technicalities. What If you wanted to choose one team to come back. Mexico, because they've been one of the more exciting teams. 100%. That was my team. Actually, I was literally going to say that until I asked the question. I'm the definitely. Shots I'm, they've had and- I'm bummed, but that's. For me, that's always been Mexico. It's more of a performance than it is a tactical game. Does that make sense? Yeah. And had they advanced, had they pulled off the miracle today and advanced. It would have been their eighth World Cup in a row they reached this the 16, which is pretty incredible. It's pretty good. More than USA can say, probably. It is, but you have to argue that Mexico's been better at soccer for a long time. A long time. They just play a very different style game. It is. They play a very different style game that no other country plays. Uh, I'd say it's closer to the South American style. I really do. I feel like well. it's less... It's more gritty. It's more like Uruguay. They're closer, to, in my opinion, to like Uruguay or Argentina than Brazil is very much. Tiki tacky is Brazilian soccer. Right. Argentina plays it a little bit because they've they've had some pretty skilled players. But for the most part, they are, we're going to wear you down with little fouls. Like when I think of like um, La Liga teams, Premier teams. Um, uh, MLS. MLS teams. What's the big league in Germany? Bundesliga. Bundesliga. I think of like textbook soccer for some reason. When I think think of teams like I don't know Mexican leagues and I don't I don't know. I feel like I think of fancy Second and non fancy. I don't know how I can't describe this without sounding like a uneducated swine. It's second tier, but if you look at the Mexican league, not most, even like that. I don't think Mexico's playing style is second tier. I don't. I love. I no, think their, their league team, is, which is a lot of the reason that like. The MLS, yeah. the U.S. isn't great. I guess that's, yeah. We can't home grow our players. No, we can't have a whole academy like Qatar does. I mean, think of the biggest teams in the world. Um, or, sorry, the biggest countries. Like, the people that you look at, like, even someone that doesn't pay attention to soccer knows Brazil's mm-hmm. good, knows Spain's good, knows Germany's good. Well, those countries have fantastic leagues. Yeah. And the teams that aren't very good don't. You've never heard of the leagues, really. Right. Um, do you have anything that you would like to add to this podcast? Uh, just two things. One, very quickly, um, I found Fox is not really, and you and I talked about this or lamented on it last week. There is one good matchup of commentators and the head or the lead commentator is a female. Her name is Jackie Oakley and she's always, um, with Warren Barton, who is not, my favorite alone but him and her are very good they're both british they like work together but she's very good at at bringing up things about players that's like 
you know, the World Cup isn't so much about the soccer. It's more about the exp- the country's mm, place. Right. Right. So today she brought up somebody on the Australian team, which now I'm very pro-Australia. Just the, the, the story that she um, talked about during the Australia-Denmark game today made me very pro-Australia. It just was a – it's a fun team. There's a lot of stories that are on there. But there's one player currently, and his name – or his last name, I should say, is Degnick. He plays with the Columbus crew. Okay, listen to this story. And I know we've – if I have to hear again, I'm so glad. That's part of the reason I'm so glad Canada is out. Is I have to hear again <laughs> that Alfonso Davis grew up in a fucking uh, refugee camp and made it his way to Canada. I'll kill myself. I don't. Like, <laughs> it's not. It's like America loves to pick those and pull those stories out. And like it's a sob story. No, 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 no. Like he came from this and now he's here. And isn't that wonderful? It's right. Like, such an American thing to do. But this is a crazy story. So, this player was born in Kinin, the capital of, at this point, unrecognized Serbian proto-state in Croatia. During the War of Independence, the Degnik's family fled to Belgrade when he was a baby. Before seeking and gaining asylum in Australia when he was six years old. So, he's already moved to three different countries, escaping wars basically yeah because there was a a a conflict in belgrade as well so he had to flee to australia and then he moves to europe well he plays he played in the australian in like high school like pre-college stuff and he was uh, spotted by the german side okay um and so he plays across europe he played red star belgrade he actually scored against liverpool um, when we played Red Star Belgrade in the Champions League sure. a couple of years ago. Yeah. And he claims it's one of his favorite nights ever in soccer. But <laughs> now he plays for Australia. Was, it's he, like, wasn't he like the one that like scored on Copside? Yeah. Okay. Well, no, no. I think it was in, uh, let's see. was it? I think it was at Belgrade. Maybe I think I might be just making that up. Oh, they beat Liverpool 2 nothing in a packed Champions League for, Yeah, in Rojico Mythic Stadium where he was at Red Star Belgrade back in 2018. Okay. So just like a, I I don't know. I just thought that was crazy that he was part of a non-country country. They had to flee once because of a war. Then there was another conflict. He had to flee. And then it seemed like the family was like Eastern European. And they were like, you know what? Where the fuck can we go? We're not going to have to deal with this again. Australia. Let's go there. There's no conflicts there. Now he plays for Australia. Which is pretty cool. It was awesome. That's a cool little piece. But now I'm, I'm actually looking for the games that uh, Jackie Oakley and Warren Barton do together because those are the games I want to watch. Cause well, you know what? Maybe I'll look for those too because you want to know what? I watch most of the games in Spanish. Poor, poor, non-Spanish-speaking Mexican fans today that not only had to watch or have massive heart attacks for the second half of their game and the <laughs> Argentina game because there's a couple times that it looked like Argentina was going to score their yeah. third goal. But they had to also listen to... Landon Donovan going, well, that's a really hard thing to do. And one time when I was at playing against <laughs> it's like It makes me mad when you mock him, too, because yeah. it's so good. I'm just like, fuck, I hate him. Yeah, that's really tough there. Uh, but when I played, and it's Ian Dark, it too, who's tough. such a good commentator like from my childhood. And him to be paired with Landon Donovan. He probably hates it, too. I'm sure. He probably is like, I fucking hate this. And I'm like, well, I... When Landon said it, I was hoping he'd say, like, yeah, please. And <laughs> when he's said, like, I'm going to shut up now. Yeah, because he, <laughs> he was like, wait a minute. 
he kept he was trying to do the math and you could hear him like scribbling on paper and he was trying to figure out what happens who's ahead in the tie break and then he described it and it's very confusing and he goes i've just confused myself i'm gonna i'm gonna stop talking now all right y'all thank you y'all thank you guys for listening don't forget to like share subscribe wait do you want to go over the the bracket or no no it's fine all right we'll touch base on that that. after all the group stages. yeah that's a good point all right y'all oh my god again thank you thank you guys for listening and enjoying (laughs) the rants at the end good night cheers cheers guys thanks episode is about the unlikely teams of the World Cup's past that did I already read that? No. Um, that reached the Sweet 16 and for a few that went even further. It wasn't until 1981-82 finals in Spain that more than 16 teams qualified for the finals and indeed the first four finals I did read this. Yeah, you did. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you just said it a different way and I was it. We're on the obviously the. <laughs> so should I just keep reading this paragraph? No, no, no. I'll cut again. that part again. Yeah. This girl, Jackie Oley, I like fell in love with her today. Her, Rebecca. This is. Rebecca for sure. Thank God I've if you were going to say Jackie. I was going to say, I'm like, if you were going to drop Rebecca for Jackie, I don't know. I don't know if I could do the pot anymore. 